on episode two of the Fitness for the Fairways podcast presented by Par 4 Performance. We have Mike Scaduto from Champion PT and Performance in Waltham, Massachusetts. We sat down and talked with Mike in regards to prepping for a round both mentally and physically and how that's going to maximize your performance when you're out there on the course. All right, guys. So we are interviewing Mike Scaduto, who's a physical therapist at Champion PT and Performance in Waltham, Massachusetts. Um, one of the better facilities in the country, for sure, for both baseball training and also rehab. Um, Mike, go ahead. The floor is yours, buddy. Give us a little bit about yourself. Wow, guys. I'm, I'm humbled. Uh, yeah, thanks for having me on. Joe and Frank, love what you guys are doing. Um, appreciate the kind words about Champion. And, uh, you know, we're pretty blessed to keep doing what we're doing up there and uh, kind of loving what we're doing. So when, when you say what you're doing, what are you actually doing? I know I like yeah. I know. From a standpoint of baseball, you guys are doing great there, but you also have a pretty solid following in regards to the golf side of things. So tell me a little bit about that, because obviously you have a great online resource, but then also in person, I'm sure you guys are seeing the everyday golfer that just looking to stay out of pain and whatnot. Yeah, so so I was fortunate to get an opportunity to work at uh, at Champion. I was actually a clinical student there um, about two and a half years ago. So when I started there, I was I was encouraged to kind of use the model that we use for baseball players and apply that to my passion. And I, I knew I wanted to work in golf and I was fortunate to have the, the leeway within the company to kind of uh, start working with golfers and start putting some information out there. I was also fortunate to have some guidance on like, you know, how to create a website, how to create a blog, how to you know post some stuff on Instagram. So it's been kind of a two, two year journey of, um, you know, building my knowledge base, but also trying to pass along what I'm learning to golfers and physical therapists and hopefully some strength coaches um, can learn from some of the stuff that I put out there. And then I've also just been trying to learn from from what you guys are doing, people like you and, and you know, been fortunate to be um, put into a, a great community of, of people who are associated with Champion or who, knew, who know Champion um, and like have made some friends and been able to network with people like you guys and, and some other folks have helped me kind of grow as a physical therapist and start working with some some golfers yeah that's awesome because especially like i'm in, in similar boat as you obviously not with the pt side but coming from cressy where it was baseball players yeah but it's the same idea like hey this is, it works well with golfers as well let's let's see what we can do with it and joe obviously has a background with with that type of stuff as well so go yeah. uh yeah so i think that was actually a pretty good lead into our next question uh I'm actually very curious to know how did you get into uh, playing golf and treating golfers and, and how this became your passion? Yeah, well, I guess I'll talk about my illustrious playing career first. You know, it's all over Instagram and I get I get a little bit of heat for that. Tell People us about wonder, your tournament. What's that? Tell us about your tournament today. Yeah, well, I don't want to date the episode, but, you know, it's like the U.S. <laughs> Open's going on. So I had a, I had my first round. No, I'm just kidding. Um, no, yeah. I mean, I started playing golf when I was like four or five years old. I was pretty young. Um, I continued to play, kind of just play with my dad, uh, at a local course in, in New Jersey where I grew up and, um, you know, never really took it too seriously. Always, always loved the game and loved being around it. Um, ended up playing baseball throughout high school and where I grew up in New Jersey, um, high school golf and baseball were during the same season. They were both spring sports. So I never played competitively, uh, just kind of messed around, you know, played with my dad and all that stuff. But um, I started playing competitive golf about three years ago. Man, that's like, it's a completely different beast and it's it's addicting. Um, so I've been messing around with some amateur tournaments and uh, 
and club stuff and, and playing some club championship stuff and, you know, haven't been that successful. And uh, it's like, it's, it's awesome because I feel like I'm in a good spot with my game and then you go out there and you test it and it's like, wow, I still have so much work to do. And it's like, yeah. you know, again, very humbling. 100%. It's definitely one of the most frustrating thing, games I've ever, <laughs> ever had to play. So I yeah, that's sure. Coming from like baseball where you have a pitch moving in a thousand different directions and you could see a guy throwing 91, 92 one day and you have a, you have a ball on the floor, like it's not moving. It's like, why is this so friggin' hard to do versus what I used to do? It's unbelievable. Yeah, it, yeah it's so different. It's like you step out there and you're on the first tee and it's just you. Like you got to do everything. You can't, you know, rely on your teammates to pick you up, which, you know, team sports are awesome. Um, but like in golf, like you're one man on an island, you know, maybe you have a caddy, but no one wants a caddy for me. Um, so it's just, I'm out there, <laughs> I'm out there on an island and, uh, you know, you gotta, you gotta go with the struggles of the round. I think that's like the cool thing about golf. And I think that's kind of what draws me to the, to the game. Yeah. Awesome. And that, like, that's obviously the personal side from a professional standpoint. Like, yeah. What are some of your beliefs in regards to what a golfer should be doing, not only from like a rehab standpoint, but also like preventative, making sure that they're they're doing what they have to do to stay healthy throughout the course of their season. Because that's what we look at in regards right. to do at P4P. And it's a case-by-case -case basis, but we have some general rocks that we believe that everyone should be focusing on. So we'd love to hear anything you have insight-wise on that end. Yeah, and I think the objective of golf is pretty darn clear. Get the ball in the hole, fewest amount of strokes possible, right? But when you really look at golf performance, like what is golf performance? Uh, in my mind, like I try and break it down into a couple different categories. Um, so I like to look at like physical age and maturity. Like you can have people who are 90 years old. You could have nine-year-olds playing this game. Like they have drastically different needs in terms of what we can provide for them, right? Um, and you look at fitness, like some people haven't trained at all, ever touched a weight in their life, have never done a single mobility drill. And then you got have guys like Brooks Kepka, like, you know, again, they're going to need different things and we're going to be able to produce results utilizing different things. And then you look at like swing mechanics. I don't, I don't do a ton of that. I'm not a golf coach, um, but that's a, that's a huge part of it. The mental side of the game is huge and keeping yourself healthy and call that kind of body care. Um, so whether that's like more on what stuff that I do, like um, soft tissue technique, like joint mobilization stuff and, and things between round, post-round recovery, pre-round warm-up and stuff like that. So I try and break golf performance up into those categories to kind of simplify it. And then from there, you really have to just find out where you need to spend the most time. Um, so you need to maximize the bucket that is is the least full, right? Um, if you're not spending any time at all on your, your golf fitness, um, that's probably where you should start if you want to improve your performance uh, and improve your longevity. You're spending a ton of time on swing mechanics and technique. You know, maybe you can back off on that stuff a little bit um, and, you know, devote some time to some other some other aspects of the game. That kind of, that's kind of how I think about it in my mind when I first see somebody is like, where do we need to, to spend the most time? Based on that, uh, for, for our, our listeners, is there yeah. anything that they can do um, or, or figure out what for them um, they should be focusing on or not? they can kind of look into for themselves. Yeah, I mean, I think it all starts with taking like an inventory of yourself. Again, if you don't know where you want to go in the game, you don't know what your goals are. I hear I hear a lot of people come in, and I'm not dissing this at all, but they come in and they say, I want to hit the ball further. 
Okay, that's great. Um, that doesn't tell me what we're going to necessarily do with you, but maybe we want goals like I want to drop my handicap, you know, X number, X percent. I want to hit more greens and regulations. I want to hit more fairways and regulations. Um, I want to feel better when I play golf. Like stuff like that. It's a little more. It gives us a little more um, of an idea of kind of where we want to head and where we want to head with our with our plan. Um, so it all starts with the inventory. I love yeah the the idea of inventory because who doesn't want to hit the ball like DJ like but yeah. you know we're not six four and have the thoracic rotation mobility that that freak of nature has. So be more realistic and understand what the weaknesses in your game are. And I have a lesson tomorrow, actually, where my objective is going to be, how do I get more consistent? Because I spray balls all over the place. Like, typically, yeah, long, longer clubs, everything's either a heavy slice or a little baby fade, I would like to say, even though it's definitely not a baby. <laughs> but it's like, how can I figure out to like a, a strategy to, to get into more fairways, for example? Obviously, it's going to take reps and figuring out what my flaws are, but it's not, oh, I want to bomb the ball 330 down the fairway every single time I step into the tee box. So right. I think that's really important for people to understand when they when they go into either a training session with you or a lesson with a swing coach, things along those lines, or even self-practice. Like, what can you get better at today? Absolutely. I mean, there's so many different components of this game. Uh, there's many games within the game, right? There's There's... Obviously, getting off the tee, you can have, you can hit any different amount of clubs off the tee. You know, playing a par five versus a par four versus a par three, it's it's all different. Um, and you know, at some point, and and this isn't my world, but at some point, you got to play golf instead of trying to play golf swing or trying to do all this stuff when you're out on the course. Now, the best way to be confident that you're going to be able to do that is to go into the round feeling 100%. So we want people every time they step on the first tee, we want you to feel like you. Right. So that's very important. If, if you're not feeling good, that's always going to be lingering in the back of your head. You hear Tiger Woods talk about it all the time. He says, if I feel loose and I'm able to make a turn, then I'm, I'm going to hit the ball well. Right. So, you know, that's already in his head. If he shows up feeling crummy, then he's going to play crummy. Right. So the same thing goes with every, everyone else. Like you got to get to the first tee. You got to feel 100 percent. Now, what does that mean for you? Maybe you need to spend a little more time uh, warming up before a round. And that's something that I know you guys talk a lot about. I know I talk a lot about because it's, it's such low hanging fruit that not a lot of people are doing. Right. And so one of the things I kind of learned um, early on at champion, just watching, you know, Mike Ronald, Lenny Macrina kind of work with athletes um, is that with baseball players specifically is that these guys, they warm up to throw, they don't throw to warm up. All right. So when like a pitcher, you know, going in the game, they have a warm up routine and then they throw golfers should be the same thing. But it's not usually the case. It's usually we just go to the range, start hitting balls. And that's our warm up. But in reality, we need to warm up to warm up to play. Yep. Right? If that makes sense, if you guys are following me there. So I don't know that that's one thing that I find myself talking to a lot of golfers about because it's such an obvious way to improve. Um, how they feel every time they step onto the first tee. Yeah, general to specific. Yeah, absolutely. Let's go down that uh, rabbit hole, I guess, a little bit. And how long or how much time do you think someone should devote to pre-round warm-up? And maybe, you know, some people, you know, it may be hard for them to warm up at the course. Is there maybe a specific time period that these warm-ups might actually give you benefit? Like, can you do it at home 
and then still have those same benefits when you get out. Yeah, I think in, in terms of like how much time you need to spend, it's definitely variable. You need to spend as much time as you need to start feeling good. Now, that may be five minutes, that may be 25 minutes. Uh, you also need to find something that's realistic for you uh, in terms of something you're able to repeat uh, pretty much every time you play golf. Um, I, I always tell people, if you have like an hour long drive to the course, if you spend 20 minutes before you drive out to the course, you're going to feel better when you get there. Right. So those those um, that mobility work, that that warm up work, it's going to carry over to your round. So I'm not necessarily um, too concerned with the amount of time in between. Like doing something is always going to be better than doing nothing. Um, but, you know, find a routine that that works best for you and kind of go with that and make it consistent. You know, I can attest to that just from personal experience where, you know, if I get in like a 20 minute warm up that I know kind of gets my body feeling right. When I do get to the course, I'll be, uh, I'm definitely swinging better out of the gates and it doesn't take me three or four holes to warm up. And then Frank can attest to me always being five minutes late to everything. So when we do get to the course, you know, we're there like a minute before our tea time, we're scrambling to get there um, to get out on time. So there's no time really for me to do stuff like that on the course or like beforehand. Yeah. So uh, yeah, yeah. definitely. You know, getting something in beforehand when you know you have some free time uh, will definitely make a difference. Five minutes is bullshit. That's, <laughs> that is really generous, five minutes. Five minutes, man. Uh, yeah, so uh, I actually saw a recent post of yours um, about the, uh, the X Factor. Um, you were doing X Factor stretch. Uh, can you talk a little bit more about what the X Factor is and how that can help um, our listeners with their swing? Yeah. Um, so yeah, basically the X factor is it's a uh, it's a means of generating power in the golf swing, right? So um, within the golf swing, and, and this is more talking about a modern golf swing, quote unquote, right? Um, but essentially, what happens is in the backswing, our our, uh, our shoulders turn away from the target, and our hips then turn away from the target as well. Our shoulders turn a little bit more than our hips, uh, with the most efficient sequencing possible. Um, in the downswing, our, our hips or our pelvis should initiate the rotation towards the target. Now, uh, this creates something called an X factor where our shoulders remain rotated away from the target while our hips are rotating towards the target. And the thought process is that this helps to store energy um, to be released at impact um, to maximize club head speed and to maximize distance. So that's, that's what the X factor is. Um, but a lot of people have trouble dissociating their upper and lower halves, especially in a rotational, um, movement. Um, so that's something that I address with, I don't know, 98% of people that I work with is, is making it super simple and learning how to control, um, your upper and lower half, you know, independently, I, I guess you could be not technically, but like, you know, working on sequencing type drills to um, improve the efficiency of their golf swing. And some funky things start happening when we kind of go out of order with our sequence. Wasn't me for the record. Uh, that was 100% that was my phone. I don't know what that was. <laughs> I mean, trying to yeah. get into the action. <laughs> some funky things start happening when we, when we start going out of sequence. And, and a big product of that is, can be, does the person know how to um, dissociate their upper and lower half. If they don't know how to do it, 
when we add speed to the equation, they're not going to be able to do it then. So we need to be able to do it at, uh, you know, at, you know, baseline kind of like moving very, very slowly. And then we can start to add speed to that. that was, I guess that was a big takeaway from kind of the, the post you guys were talking about. Definitely. And I think it's important for our listeners to understand that our job is to help create the context that should be further layered by a swing coach. Like we're not telling you kinematic sequencing in regards to performance. We're trying to give you the joint proprioception and awareness that, hey, this is how your hip should be initiating. But if you can't actually control the pelvis, then we're, we're not going to have much success when we give you off to your swing coach. So I think it's teaching you the ABCs so that they can go further into it and teach you how to create sentences, paragraphs, so on and so forth in regards to the more complex components of your swing. Right. And I think, I think that's a huge point. Um, I think a lot of the times, um, you know, maybe historically, uh, a lot of golf fitness exercises kind of mimic the golf swing, right? And, and that's not necessarily what we do at all. Um, we provide the building blocks and, you know, teach the ABCs, create context for how the body should move. Um, but I find myself saying this a lot with, with some drills that I use with, with guys. I say, look, this is not your golf swing. This is a drill. This is a feeling that you're going to create, but this is not trying to mimic your golf swing in any way, shape or form. So that's, I think that's important to kind of tell people like these are, these are, um, distinctly different from what you do in your golf swing, but they the goal is to kind of build upon the foundation of the movement to allow you to swing the golf club more efficiently. I, th I definitely think that we got a little too crazy with the, the sports specific training. Right. Uh, well, like, yeah, I, I, you, you can do certain movements that, you know, are beneficial for a particular sport, but you know, would you want to give someone a, a weighted golf club and then all of a sudden call that golf specific training? Maybe, but you know, I, I don't know, you know, how much of that is, is really said in there. It's really just about giving people the, the components that their body can utilize in the swing and then train your swing within the, the context of the game uh, with your swing coach or on your own or whatever it may be. Right. And there's, there's probably a place for very specific training. And it's probably like the icing on top of the cake. Right. If we use the cake analogy, um, if you don't bake the cake, there's nothing to put icing on. So I see people do things like overspeed training. Um, and that's the only thing they do. And it's like, okay, like that's probably not a bad thing inherently. Um, it, you'll probably see actually some benefit from it, but are we maximizing that tool? Uh, are we kind of, um, you know, using it to its fullest potential? So I tell people like, we got to address the basics first, then let's get more specific. And I think that's, I think that's fine. The problem is when we're specific the entire time and we never, we never do the fundamentals and the foundational stuff. Awesome. Yeah. I love that. I do think that most people are usually doing something, you know, not that it's necessarily wrong for them, but it's usually just not the right stage for them. And usually the basics is where most people can get the most thing for their buck. Um, this sure. is my experience there. Yeah, definitely. Overspeed, like it, it has its time and place. But if you're someone that doesn't know how to hip pinch effectively, like <laughs> there's so much you're going to get out of that. Right. It comes to what we were talking about earlier. Learn the ABCs in regards to strength training and movement before we start to get really fancy, before you end up on the bar stool page for doing some type of weird cable. <laughs> yeah, right. exactly. Oh, I love when those pop up, man. It's like once a week. <laughs> we tag you I mean, every single time. Yeah. I'm always the guy who's uh, practicing my swing in like Dunkin' Donuts. Surprised no one's uh, threw me out there. <laughs> Hashtag golf guy. That's amazing. <laughs> love it.
Love that. Yeah, I catch myself all the time, like working on my backswing in like the middle of the living room. Now it's like, what am I doing? <laughs> but mental reps, man. Joe Joe's the king of mental reps. Yeah, he gives me a shiver. <laughs> You're a big Yankees fan, right? Die hard, mm-hmm. live and die by them. So you know Paul O'Neill. Paul you, Paul O'Neill used to practice his golf swing and his baseball swing in the outfield, in between the pitches, <laughs> in the middle of the game. Yeah. So I don't feel so bad about Dunkin' Donuts. Yeah. <laughs> this should be Starbucks, but it is what it is. Yeah. I don't know why I said I'd never go to Dunkin' Donuts. I love <laughs> <in> Boston, so. <laughs> so we have uh, Impulsive Liar on the, on the, <laughs> yeah, the first, the first, first guest, guest is a Compulsive Liar. We love that. <laughs> awesome. So um, in regards to what you're currently doing, not only from the training side, any any future ideas coming up? for you on the, the golf side, whether it's you actually playing more tournaments or any more resources that we can w- learn more about you from? Like, the floor is yours. We want to learn more, man. Yeah, you guys want to, if you guys want to find me, there's there's a couple different places uh, that you, you can find me online, I guess. Um, first would be my website, and that's typically where I put most of the educational content um, out there, and that's just mikescududo.com. Um, I try, I'm trying to be, and there's some more stuff in the pipeline, I'm trying to be more consistent with putting some stuff out there. So stay tuned on that. Um, use Instagram a little bit, and that's Mike Scaduto DPT um, for the Instagram. And then, you know, if, if any physical therapists are watching and they're interested in, like, PT, strength and conditioning, business stuff, um, we do the, the Ask Mike Rhino podcast show. Um, so definitely tune in and kind of check that out as you're watching uh as you're watching this one, maybe go to that one. <laughs> Shameless plug right there. Solic- soliciting <laughs> listeners from uh, ours to, to Uncle Mike. Hey, I already got a, a 20 in my pocket for saying that. So, <laughs> you know, Commission, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome, man. I, this has been great. So Yeah, this has been a blast. Yeah, yeah well, those people can refer back and figure out where they can find you and start to learn some more because Mike's putting out some great stuff. I know it's just going to continue to happen. Um, we need to get you and Kiefer on here for an episode together. So, oh boy. I think Kiefer hung up his golf clubs. I don't think he plays anymore. Did <laughs> he teach him at one time and then hang him up? Yeah, exactly. I, I'm just giving him a hard time. He, he never wants to play with me anymore. He's too busy. He's got yeah, a lot of projects. You, you don't work anymore. You just play five to six rounds a week. So It's not helping me, man. It's not helping my game. I should go back to working. <laughs> for anyone listening i chirp uh Skidoo every time he's on the course because it's usually like tuesday morning <laughs> yeah do you work <laughs> i don't know i don't know if you check the um the time when you send me those messages but it's usually like 6 15 in the morning i got a 5 15 a.m t time saturday <laughs> not looking forward to that yeah hey it's so, a light out you can play yeah we're, we're the first first group out so Got to set the pace. Yeah, so you better be up early doing your, your warm-up routine. Yeah. Like, Ty- like Tiger Woods. He's up at like 3.30 getting ready for uh, for his round, supposedly. Yeah, I think that's actually that's a good point. Is These guys are so such creatures of habit that they just will like they will adjust their entire lives. If they lose a little bit of sleep, that's fine. They need to do what they need to do to get ready. Like we should all take, you know, we should all take note of that, I think. So, yeah. I think I think it's important to know each one's got a different routine because I was listening to a podcast with uh, Kevin Kisner earlier, and 
He's like, yeah, I'm just I'm just drinking beer at night. I got I got to put that around behind me. So <laughs> it's awesome seeing the approach and listening to different guys and how they attack different courses and get mentally prepared. Some guys just go into it reading every track man digit they could find, and some guys don't look at it at all. So it's definitely a unique uh, scenario, case by case. Yeah, absolutely. We're all unique humans. That's it. Awesome, man. Well, Mike, we appreciate you being our first guest. You set a pretty high baseline, I would like to think, outside of my <laughs> FaceTime going off. <laughs> a couple of glitches with the Wi-Fi. I think we're good to go. So appreciate hey, you. On. I want to thank you guys a lot for having me on. Uh, we're definitely going to play golf at some point. But keep doing what you guys are doing. You guys are, are putting out a lot of great stuff on, on all the media channels. And I'll be sharing a lot more of your stuff because I think people want to see it and they – <laughs> and they need to see it. They need this stuff. Yeah. We didn't put a 20 in his pocket. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was out of my heart. <laughs> we appreciate you, man. Thanks for coming on the show. Yeah. Thanks for having Talk me. Soon, bud. Thanks, man. Yeah. We hope you enjoyed this interview with Mike. And if you want to learn more about what Mike and the team over at Champion PT and Performance do, Check out the show notes to find his Instagram account, his email address, and his website. Next week, we'll be sitting down and talking with Jeff Pelizzaro, who is the founder of 18 Strong. And we're going to be talking about how to prepare yourself for a round physically with a warm-up and how to really maximize your potential in regards to your performance. If you have any questions, feel free to reach out to both Joe and myself. That's Joe Gambino DPT on Instagram and Frank Duffy Fitness on Instagram. And if you haven't done so already, subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, and Google Play, and leave us a review on iTunes if you enjoy our content. Thanks, guys.